what's going on? This is your host, Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. On here, I have raw conversations with the most incredible people and fascinating minds on the planet that help you get closer to your own version of personal success. On today's episode, I bring on Janisha Aluora. She's an experienced and badass entrepreneur. She's the founder of Soul Rich Woman, an online business network that aims to equip women entrepreneurs with the right support, tools, and knowledge to run their own business and make a powerful impact on the world. Janisha is also former Miss Universe Singapore. So on this episode, we talk about building an empire, growing through mistakes, and being a world-class leader. This and so much more, it's honestly a very inspiring episode. And I love how, you know, she's helping women entrepreneurs around the world, and she's starting in Southeast Asia. It's super cool, and um, I'm super excited for her. So my wish for you is to enjoy, learn hard, and start implementing right away on at least one thing that you listen to. That's what I try to do on every single day, because at the end of the day, one thing can make all the difference. All right, let's get to it. Vamos. Vamos. As a leader, you must always look into self-reflection. What can you do better for the team? And when someone makes a mistake, look at yourself first. Reflect. Could it be something that you have not communicated before pointing fingers at the employee? There will always be haters, doubters, non-believers, and then there you will be proving them wrong. Alone, you are strong. Together, we are unstoppable. Janisha Laura, welcome to the most badass show on the planet. How do you do? Um, great. Uh, thanks for having me on your show, Juan. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So, Janisha, uh, I would love to to know a little bit more about uh, about what you do. I know you have a very interesting um, program, and uh, you know, for for women, something that you're doing that you're really trying to expand worldwide, which I think is is uh, is really awesome. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and how you got started for people who don't know you? Sure. Uh, first of all, my name is Janisha Laura. I'm the founder of Soul Rich Woman. We are the number one leading network in Southeast Asia, connecting 200,000 female entrepreneurs across the region. We help women to find their voice online, basically going from offline to online and loving the F word, which is being fabulous, having freedom, and financial independence. We started this in 2015 after running a cafe retail chain for a couple of years where I had built a business from scratch. Uh, was to three countries. We're in Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and we have seven outlets. So recently, we exited to a public listed company, and then I started Soul Rich Woman. A little bit backstory, even before that, I was doing image consultancy work. I was former Miss Singapore. And then I found that in 2012, I was still trading time for money because, uh, you know, when I work, I get paid. When I work, I get paid. When I don't work, I don't get paid. So that was a transition period for me where I feel that I must go online. So in 2013, I crossed over to online doing e-commerce. And then uh, that was when I crossed my first million. And then later on to 10 million. And then it was really uh, awesome to continue to share the message that, hey, you know, if we women can go online or even for you as a listener can go online, you know, what? 
transformation or what you know life-changing moment can it do for you for your family for your business and your life i love that i love that and it's so true you know most people they're just trading money for dollar right um a time for dollar sorry so it's like when you're not working you're not actually getting paid what was the biggest thing that you've changed or how did you change as a person what characteristics or or set of uh i guess you know the way that you started acting that was different for you to actually get paid when you were not directly putting your the, the time in at that second there are a couple of things i would say the first thing will be the mindset because going online takes a different entire discipline like let me share with you what i'm doing now so right now i no longer meet people i mean everybody whom i'm meeting is no longer really in person i'm meeting everyone online and with just a webcam and internet i can run my entire business i have a team of 21 who is remotely not in the area where i'm living which is in singapore they are in philippines some of them are in ireland dublin and some of them are from india and some of them are from malaysia and just with internet alone i can grow the team massively and we're looking to grow our team to 50. so how did all these things happen it didn't happen just overnight so the first thing i needed to shift was my mindset are you willing to get uncomfortable to not do the things traditionally to put your dreams online so that's the first thing second thing was to look into are you giving yourself uh, the permission to find their voice online because everyone has a Facebook and Instagram, you know, like LinkedIn. Everyone tells me that, you know, Janisha, I'm already online. I've already got a YouTube account. Hey, using all these platforms and go online doesn't mean that you're online. You're just having another vehicle to be online. But what does it take for you to go online? So the way for you to go online was I discovered that you must find your own voice. You must find your tribe. You must be able to create a movement, right? That you can build your message and then change the world, right? So when you are able to do that, that's when people are willing to pay for your advice. So the no like trust score that you're building online, not just with just all these social media accounts, but really having that authentic voice, that's when you're going to be heard and that's when people are willing to come to you. And the success did not come on the first try because when we failed, I failed, we've gone to debts. And, uh, you know, through online, we actually cleared our debts and, you know, moved up the ladder. And that's how it has transformed our business. When you are able to find that voice, build your no like trust score, customers don't like to be sold to, but they love to buy. So if you can give them the opportunity to buy from you because of your movement, because of your expertise, that's when, you know, you are going to make money. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's just say I'm someone who is trying to, you know, get online, you know, like, like you say it and be on, on the internet. How do I find my voice? Let's just say I, I have an idea of something that I could add value to people. I can, you know, start creating a tribe um, and, and something that I believe, you know, I can become somewhat of an expert in, make money, which is somewhat what you're talking about. How do I find that voice? Um, and then how do I capitalize on that? What kind of things do I need to do so that I'm not just another person that is kind of trying to offer something, but I really stand out and can become world-class at that and start keep some, growing something that can scale? Yeah. 
I, I think that question is really amazing. I have this blueprint. It's called the Soul Rich Woman Blueprint. So what we do is we help you to look into your voice. So for example, you said that you're a personal branding coach, right? So we have an example here. Uh, this lady came to us. She said, oh, I'm a personal branding coach. I'm like, okay, so do you mean that you have an image consultant certification or what is it about personal branding that you are doing? Look, online is really noisy. You could call yourself a personal branding coach. When someone has an attention span of less than seven seconds, scrolling through the internet, looking for that solution or that you know, movement or that, you know, that person, that that shining beacon of light. If you say personal branding, it doesn't really resonate with that person. So narrow down. So are you good at what image? Are you looking into content writing? So this lady was an expert in content writing. She, she had 20 years of secretarial experience helping CEOs uh, and CFOs, okay? So she was helping them. And she positioned herself, we repositioned her to be an expert helping CEOs to write content to be positioned as an expert in their niche. So her strength is in content writing. So mm -hmm. her new new title or what we call the new message that or voice that she need to tune to is that she is the expert in content marketing writing, okay, specializing in helping uh, leaders or CEOs become an expert. Okay, let their voices be heard. So when you are able to niche down or what we call the micro niche down into areas like this, that's when your voices are heard. We've got another lady who is doing, uh, you know, she had a lot of beauty certifications, okay? But her strength is that she has three teenagers whom she has gotten them into high level, uh, what we call the like top grade universities here in Singapore and overseas. And the reason that she could do that was she had an uh, uh, experience to put these three teenagers through through this like special test that she was able to get them really good offers. So with that, we actually help her to tune her message so that she can find her niche, right? So step one for you is to look into what exactly you're damn good at. One thing and one thing only. I know you have a tendency to like, you know, include every damn thing. But if you had only $1,000 to do your marketing, where would you put your money at? So niche down to where you're good at and then look into that particular area talk to 20 people who are not your friends not your friends mind you because sometimes friends are not the best people somehow you may need to talk to people who are what we call your ideal customers uh, and of course ideal customers cannot be like 18 years old to 65 years old right so you need to really put it closer to less than 10 years old or even find a one person who might be willing to pay for that you know, expert advice on that service of yours. So it really boils down to finding that niche, to finding that correct uh, target audience, and it may, it may not be your friends. So I just want to highlight this because a lot of people, the first thing when they started on the online, they say, oh, I want to sell to my friends. But hey, sometimes your friends could be your moral supporters, but may not necessarily be your customers. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing to uh, <laughs> that I think a lot of people are going to experience or a lot of people have experienced already is that, you know, friends and people that are giving them pieces of advice are people that are going to be moral supporters, but not customers. When you start asking people to pre-buy on a product, which is something when I'm releasing something and something that I, I, I literally learned after, you know, years of, of planning something for so long, kind of hitting and then I release it and I realize, you know what? 
my market wasn't actually ready for this, didn't want it or whatever. That's happened to me, right? The opposite has happened where people went crazy for something as well. But if, so, and, and people could be saying, oh, I would love that. It's going to be great, this, this. But if they're not willing to put money in it, then it's probably, you probably have, you have a, a little problem there, you know? Yeah, that's right. I totally agree with that. In fact, you know, if you're not willing to, put down to test whether is it your service, uh, you know, service to uh, audience A or audience B or audience C, you don't even want to try. Of course, you wouldn't even know whether it will sell out or not. It's always a period of testing and finding that voice by knowing who will pay for advice. In fact, it's very interesting, Juan, because there are people like some of my clients, they will, uh, in the women in the community, they will think that, oh, I, I want to find this group of people uh, you know, who is my ideal audience. But they realize that they are not willing to, like engineers, right? So one of my clients serve engineers uh, with her services. Uh, you know, her, her, I think her branding, I think it's also personal branding related. But they are not willing to pay X number of dollars for, for her type of uh, products and services. So when you look at this market, say, okay, I want engineers, but they are not willing to pay, right? So then it's time to relook, okay, maybe you need to find somebody who can pay, right? So that's how you need to adjust if you what you think because what you think you want versus what the market really wants are two different things altogether mm -hmm, totally and so right now you're in a situation where like you said that you have a team and a lot of them are working remotely is that what you said Yes, I control, I mean, I control and manage everybody on a project management tool. So yeah, we have a team of 21. Uh-huh. So how do you go for people, let's just say people who have a growing business right now, they have a couple people working with them in the same type of industry. How do they go from maybe having a couple people in-house to having a team that can scale from 20 to 50, kind of like what you're doing? And obviously as that is, you're growing your team, you're growing your revenue, um, and they, each person in your team is, is winning, right? So how do, you, how do you do that for people listening that are maybe in that situation with a piece of advice? Uh, can you give them? And of course, I'm sure they can continue learning uh, with you uh, later on as well, you know, and get more of your, of your content. And I, I know that you specialize on that. Yeah, I think the first thing is whether do you know how to put your put your um, people in the right place. I mean, over the years, I've made every mistake that you can imagine. I mean, I've I've made dozens of technical errors and bad deals and trusted the wrong people. I've put talented people in the wrong roles, you know. So, but the reason our community and our whole team exists today is not because we avoided the mistakes. So, I just want to first set the tone: is that we. It is because we believe what we are doing matters enough to keep trying to solve our greatest challenges. So I want to put this out there to all founders out there who is listening right now and you're starting your business and you have a team already, is to just keep looking at your people and really don't think that you you want them to mind read you. They will not be able to do that. So if you are good in identifying people and putting them in the right roles, great. Put in system and process like an SOP, you know, who exactly you are targeting and who are you looking for and how they can help you to do, uh, you know, to fulfill that particular role that you are looking to uh, grow your business. And I will always say, look into your 
a profit center first because if you are always finding cost center, cost center meaning like people who don't generate revenue from their roles, but they are important like your admin, like your video editor, like your photographer whom are not really generating that kind of revenue for you, but they are important to solve the, uh, the problems for you, right? So you need to balance that with by looking at the profit center and the cost center. So that is the main key thing before you grow any of your team. Because I've seen startups and, uh, you know, a lot of businesses fail because they don't know how to balance this, this piece. The second part to grow the team is to um, hire slowly, fire quickly. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, during your hiring process, really look at not just the resume, you know, you've got to call them, you're going to do video call, you know, give a test project, you know, give up like sort of like maybe in your terms, it could be probation. But for, for us, because we work with remote uh, individuals, so what we do is we do uh, pro test projects. Say, for example, uh, let's say we set a budget like 500 USD or like 800 USD or 200 USD based on the uh, roles or projects and then we work it out, right? To see whether this person really understand the company or whether this person is able to take instructions well. And also another thing I, we hire is to hire based on attitude uh, and aptitude as well, uh, which is very important because I find that after building a team of 21, bad attitude really sucks. So it's very difficult to mold the person or grow the person across the different roles if you don't, if you see that they have really lousy attitude. So I think really just drop them if they are not good. So hire those with really good attitude. They may not be the best uh, uh, or they are still learning. So you can give them an opportunity to be the best in that position. It's for you to grow them into the position and don't expect them to read your mind really as a founder. Really, really be able to communicate with them well and then you know direct them so that they know exactly when they come to the office or when they switch on their computer, they know exactly what they do from morning till evening, you know, when they are there helping you to grow your business. Because as a team, if they don't know what they need to do, they will be lost, right? And if they're lost, they're not motivated. When they're not motivated, it goes into a vicious cycle. So that's how you need to make, uh, make sure you direct them and have weekly meetings and, you know, with your, with your managers and your uh, lead, uh, lead heads, uh, or we call the leadership team uh, heads. And then that will ensure that everything is synchronized. Oh, mm -hmm. the one last thing. Don't don't just don't blame people. Yeah. Oh, it's always a leader. As a leader, you must always look into self-reflection. What can you do better for the team? And when someone makes a mistake, look at yourself first. Reflect. Could it be something that you could have not communicated before pointing fingers at the employee? I want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Vessi Footwear. They are literally the only everyday sneakers that you can actually wear every day. They are super stylish, 100% waterproof, breathable, extremely comfortable, oh, and they're even vegan. Honestly, when I found out about this brand, I knew I wanted to try them out, and after I did, I hit them up to work right away because after wearing them for months, I genuinely love the product and want to support so more people can actually enjoy the Vessi shoes as well. To check them out, you can go to vessifootwear.com. That's V-E-S-S-I footwear.com, and I can guarantee you won't regret it. I love that. That's so true. And 
I mean, going going back to what you were saying about uh, everyone knowing exactly what they have to do, you know, when they when they come into the office, they step in front of the computer, which I actually find you know interesting because so I had I had a team uh, before in the Philippines, right? So we're outsourcing a lot of the work, and I started building employees. My, one, two, three, four, five, and so I just started growing my, my team over there for, uh, you know, something I was I was doing a couple of years ago, and it was di- way different mm-hmm. than when I'm building a company in this in the same city and I have an office and you start going from five to ten to fifteen to twenty employees over here. It building I feel like building the culture is uh, it's, mm. it's, it's very different, right? Because here you get to see everyone, you know, every day you're talking to people, you're able to put the music that you put, you're able to see when everyone's working. They, they get to see you on the day-to-day, how hard you're working, how hard your partners are working, how in line you are, how ambitious and positive and and, and uh, how you're really trying to help everyone. So all that is kind of feeding into the culture and, and everything that you talked about growth, I 100% agree with that, right? Because I'd rather hire people or kind of bring people on board on, on the train that I believe that can be there in the long run. And what do I mean by the long run? It's not just the skills you have. You know, people send me their stuff on, on LinkedIn all the time. I see the amount of experience they have, their education, they send me their CV, whatever. But at the core... It's that it's that that first second when they come in and when they leave, right? And then what happens in between that time that I met them that first time, you know, the, everything that happens in between those two moments is really what matters because I'm I'm studying and I'm just kind of, you know, organically just getting to to feel the energy of that person. And is this someone that has the attitude of someone that's going to want to win with us and that has what it takes, or or not? And it's pretty simple. Yeah. In fact. Uh... Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, you know, feel the energy and looking at the person. Sometimes it's not what is spoken that is uh, revealing. That's what I, I found. When I was running my cafe retail chain uh, across Southeast Asia, we have in Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, we have uh, an entire team, uh, about 100, 100 plus employees. And I can say for sure is that really, really, you know, face-to-face, you know, hiring versus online, where you say that uh, building a remote team in Philippines, it's really a two two different skill set. I would say you must be able to learn to to let go, especially if you're online dealing with a remote team versus offline. You need to work very closely. Uh, you know, showing them the culture, especially because you're there. You know, showing your face. They can see you work hard as well. So it, it takes a. Uh, it's, it's somewhat the same because one is online, one is offline, but still, like you said, the culture, I find it's still very important, needs to be implemented and uh, sharing our voices as well. But of course, the ones that can see our faces, definitely it's good and also not so good. But I, I still I still enjoy building the team online. I mean, after having both experiences, yeah. And how do you go about how do you go about building you know that culture and basically with an online team? I know you probably have you know a messaging platform that you you're constantly uh, you know talking with your with your team across what's happening, um, giving updates and everything like that. But how do you truly create a, a, a culture where they let's just say and culture is a very broad word, you know, but also it goes down culture a lot of times is connected to loyalty. And that's if, let's just say the situation that you're, you know, someone on your team is, is uh, you know, a player and, you know, they're doing good, they love what you're doing, but then someone else approaches them and just for a little more money, basically, they say, look, we want you to do the same thing. What is it that keeps them working with you 
right? What's that loyalty factor? Why is it that they're so excited to be working with you, with your team? How do you create that culture when you don't have that face-to-face interaction? What do you do? What's what's uh, kind of your piece of advice for people trying to do that? First of all, recognize the work that they are doing because uh, especially when they are remote, like you said, sometimes with the increase in salary, people might just poach them away. But uh, it does happen, I would say, in whether you like it or not. Uh, ultimately, people, some people want more money. Some people want more recognition. So you need to know your values of your employees, right? You need to know your value that they hold as a team. To build a culture is to first know your know your people, right? Two is to know your movement, you know? Like for us, we are, we are slow rich women uh, and we are women who love the F word, you know, being fabulous, having freedom. Freedom is being you without anyone's permission and having financial independence so that you have a voice, right? To do and be what you want to do for your dreams, right? So we share with our team this culture of the F word, knowing that we give them, uh, you know, we provide, uh, you know, families, provide uh, jobs for families, you know, provide them with, uh, you know, stability. And when we grow, we grow as a team. Also is to take a stand, right? Whether, you know, you are able to share with them, like, you know, what really truly are they fighting for? Like for us, so rich women, we, we stand for women who cannot have it all because my entire team of 21 are women. And very interestingly, a lot of people tell them, you know, you can't have kids and career at the same time. You can't have this. You know, you, if you have to have this, you will have to choose between this or that. So we are fighting against this notion where women can't have it all. So we share our vision that, you know, we really want to get women and empower women to have and own the F word, which is the three apps, right? So they can't have it all. So when you come, you know, for the meetings and we consistently share the message and, you know, tell them that, you know, we all want to empower women together, not just being an employee, but also through the work that they are doing, they feel that there's a sense of purpose. So I feel that instilling this sense of purpose has allowed me to build my team uh, massively, I would say, and also they themselves introducing people to work for us. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Our team is not just, so we hire the main team, then subsequently they start to refer their girlfriends or their friends to work for us. So, and, and, and how did it happen? I mean, there must be something that we are doing right. That's why, you know, our vision, our purpose and what you stand for, you know, whether are you able to inculcate the values to them and understand at the end of the day, when they're all sleeping at night, they're looking, they're, they're lying on their bed, looking up at the ceiling, at the ceiling, you know, what what does the company mean to them? What is it in for them for their lives? So you must be able to help them to see that as well. Because at the end of the day, a job is a job. But how can you make it look and make it feel that they are part of the family, that culture, that journey, so that they want to stay with you, that sense of loyalty? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really like that because the more that, you know, you feel part of the family, you, pe- you feel a part of something that is growing and that can make make a, a real change because that's what really, a lot of the times, you know, really uh, motivates and, and it makes people excited, right? Knowing that they're creating something that is going to impact other people in a way that maybe by themselves wouldn't, wouldn't be as impactful. So that's what I think is really cool about, about uh, having a collective 
of individuals who are all going after the same mission. Yeah, like for example, uh, when I interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk mm -hmm. and as well as uh, Grant Cardone, so uh, Grant, Grant, Grant Cardone's wife. So it's like when we put all this information or these pieces of interview together, the team will need to work on the the, the video, the, the images and things like that. And they feel a sense of pride, you know, then when they know that these things are going to be seen and to be heard, and even though their names are not there, but they know that they are part of the team. And during the process, you as a leader must acknowledge and give recognition uh, to, to them, knowing, first of all, what your employees thrive on. Is it recognition? Uh, is it, uh, you know, some affirmation? Is it, what what is it? So you need to give it to them as well. Yeah. It's not just always about money. That's what I want to say. Definitely. Yeah, so, so uh, Janicia, basically, from the bad deals that you've had, which ones are like what, what is it that you've learned from from those bad deals? I just want to set the context, which is there will always be haters, doubters, non-believers, and then there you will be proving them wrong. Okay, because when shit hits the fence, people have a tendency to sometimes say nasty things to you, or you know, you will feel that people don't really support you things like that. But you know what? Bad deals do happen. I mean, for me, the biggest piece was partnership. Partnership was the biggest piece because many years ago when I first started, you know, started a company, there was no contract, you know, we just based on trust. We were, we were a group of friends. And then we, uh, you know, I was the biggest shareholder and then plus I was sleeping partner. And then, you know, we invested money and then they ran the business as what they think it should be. At the end of the day, I got burnt pretty bad and it was really terrible. You know, the way I could have looked at it was I could have given up on partnerships and I said that no, never in my next business ever I will be doing any business with partners. Okay, I wouldn't do everything alone. But you know what? Uh, I like when I ran my cafe retail chain, I gave myself a chance because I made my first million dollars in 2013. I said, okay, you know, we need to move on, right? And that was when I found the way to do business with partners. So I was really good with PR and marketing. My other partners was good with operations. And then the other partner was really good in coffee and, you know, marketing about, about coffee. And then we got another partner who was really good with accounts. So all of us came together to run this entire business from scratch. We built the brand. And then eventually after four years, we were bought over by a public listed company. So, I mean, if I had hopped on like, oh, you know, my life is so terrible. You know, I made such a mistake and, and I keep, you know, harping on all this negativity. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, there will always be haters, doubters, including yourself, who you, whom you doubt yourself, even non-believers. And there's always be somebody else who's a skeptic. But at the end of the day, proving other people wrong will always be yourself, right? Will always be you. So how are you taking it and turning it around? Before, because even before we become masters, we're more masters of disasters. Make your mess into your message. So that's how I turn it around. And hey, right now I advocate for partnerships, right? Choosing the right partners and knowing 
that you know you need to do your role well and don't like uh you know step into your partner's roles and even though we do argue and we do fight as a as a team but we have a bigger vision in mind right and we have uh, written contracts and we have things that keep us safe in terms of our boundaries and knowing that what exactly we need to do to keep the business running mm-hmm. and what's your biggest piece of advice because you were saying that you feel like you figured out partnerships right so what does that mean in terms of you know something that's applicable for people that are getting into uh you know new partnerships either strategic partnerships or in a business just starting with other co-founders I think there are different types of partnerships like you mentioned you know whether their their name is in with equity stake or is it with uh you know like just partnerships you run your own company I run my own company we come together we do a partnership so there are different types of partnership but the partnerships that I was referring to that I had failed or had a bad deal in was stake equity in the same company right so so this kind of partnership needs to be really handled very well because i've seen many uh, women especially uh, i mean business owners who have you know partners and then they never really set their vision right you know and it's oh let's just just start a company and then they just say oh let's start a company it's just 45 and you can start a company but but at the end of the day how are you going to grow the company what value do you put on the table right so i put my value as a pr and marketing expert i put my value on the table my the other partner put in the value of knowing how to do operations of a cafe my the other partner put in the value of knowing how to sell franchise my the other partner put in the value on the table who knows how to do design and artwork right so all of us put in our value what can we contribute and we must first know that we must contribute and must be willing to work hard and if we keep thinking oh how much we're going to make at the beginning without having to know that we have to put in the hard work first and then building the business to a multi-million dollar company and then exiting the, the company i mean if we had not all these things in mind we would just always be sweating the small stuff the biggest mistake that a lot of founders make or you know partners make is they're all sweating the small stuff all the time little arguments little misalignments they are just you know focusing on all that you know one day you've only got 24 hours you know what do you need to focus on set the culture right you know you've got things happening to you hey clarify and get that sorted out get it out of the way and if you're going to hold that grudge and you're going to sleep with you at the end of the day hey well, you know what what when you take the poison and then you 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 think that eating it and you kill the other man or the other person it ain't going to happen so hey let go and move on so choose the right partners choose slowly uh fire quickly mhm definitely definitely so uh Janisha I love everything that you've shared so far I feel like a lot of the listeners are going to be getting a lot a lot of value from this um I I'd like to to end up with with uh, another question here that we're wrapping up if I give you right now a piece of paper okay and on that piece of paper you could write down your your number one or or a couple truths that you've basically discovered and encountered in your life and you're going to write down a piece of paper and that's a paper that you you could give to children to uh basically someone who's going to be able that you love that's going to be able to see that every single day keep it in their pocket and whenever they need it, to be reminded of that they're going to look at that what would you write on that piece of paper and what would be your words to success i will say step out of your comfort zone go towards the dreams that you've always truly wanted to achieve alone you are strong together we are unstoppable
Amazing. Amazing. Well, Janisha, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was my pleasure to to have you, and I wish you the absolute best for the next coming years. I know you're going to be doing a lot of great things, and I'm excited for our paths to, uh, to mix one day. Yeah. I mean, if you do come to Singapore, uh, do let me know. I'll be happy to host you. Amazing. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on board. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Janisha. If you want to learn more about her, you can go to wordstosuccess.com under episodes, and all her links are there. Also, if you want to follow her movement that we were talking about on the show, soulrichwoman.com. So go check it out over there. And uh, I'm excited to keep seeing how, how it blossoms and how it grows in the, in the near future. Okay, so keep being you, spreading peace and love. All right. See you on the next episode. Bounce. Bounce. Bounce.